This is MSU Today. I'm Russ White. Glad to welcome Dr. Jamie Clarkson to MSU Today for this episode. He is the chief of the hand management unit at MSU Healthcare. He's also an assistant professor in the College of Human Medicine at MSU. And we're going to talk about all the issues that could happen with your hands today. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hello there. Hi. First, give me a little bit of your background. How did you get to America and then on to MSU? Well, who said I wasn't born here? Um, actually, I was born in Toronto, not so far away. But yes, I was. I did grow up in, in Britain and I worked in the British National Health for 12 years. And uh, then I came across. And what attracted you to MSU? Uh, the same reason I was attracted to my wife. We got married. Uh, she also wanted to work here. So I do what I'm told under those circumstances. <laughs> So uh, I should go backtrack and tell people that you are a fellowship-trained plastic and reconstructive surgeon specializing in the hand and a pioneer in the field of the use of virtual reality for patients in the office setting. Who are the kind of people you see? What are the myriad of issues with the hand that would lead someone to see you? Well, a lot of, I mean, the largest number of people that I see have peripheral nerve compression, um, and there is a, a disease we call carpal tunnel syndrome, which so many people have that it's a uh, just a really large numbers problem. Um, the other thing I obviously treat is trauma. Uh, we see huge numbers of injuries. I've been on call for Sparrow and McLaren Hospital for 12 years now. So we, we've had every type of imaginable injury from farm vehicle injuries, firework injuries, or, or the commonest injury in the world, which is getting your finger caught in your door. <laughs> and uh, talk about some of the ways you treat your patients. And I'm fascinated by the virtual reality aspect. So explain that. Well, I, I think I'm a minimalist. Um, the uh, the hand is like the mouth. It can be made numb. I mean, if you think about dentists have uh, really forever done awake surgery on their patients. I don't go to the dentist to get a general anesthetic, except under very unusual cases. Um, and in hand surgery, when I came to the States, I was really surprised to see how much general anesthetic we were using. Um, back in the British National Health, I could give someone local anesthetic and we'd be able to do a carpal tunnel release or trigger finger release or remove ganglions and some of the simpler things around the hand. Indeed, some of the complicated things around the hand can be done just under local anesthetic. And it really brought up, in my mind, uh, a sense that the patients needed a choice. They, they don't necessarily want to be put to sleep, although they often think they do. Um, the phrase, just put me out, doc, I don't want to know anything about it came up quite a lot when I started offering awake hand surgery to my patients. And and it was uh, in one of those evenings I got home and my kids and I were playing with a virtual reality headset that I realized, oh, this is an incredible way to change your experience without having to go to sleep. And so I just started offering it to my most reluctant patients. And before I knew it, they all were very happy to have awake hand surgery. And the other good thing about that is that I was able to transfer their care out of the very, very busy and um, really not a very nice environment of the hospital in day surgery centers and just get along and do it in the office, which is a much simpler, cheaper, and very fast way of dealing with things on a full stomach. So are there some facts you want to, uh, let's see, uh, you know, reinforce about hands and hand surgery or maybe some myths to dispel? Obviously, the biggest myth is that you don't need to be put out, but you can be put somewhere else. Um, so I like to take my patients across Victoria Falls or around the White House. Um, and the other big myth, and it's something that's coming out of this from my research, is joy and fun. 
Um, it isn't an exclusive uh, deal that when you go to see the dentist or you go to see the doctor that it will not be fun. It can be fun. In fact, why shouldn't you have joy or fun when you see a physician? Um, in fact, these are healing. Uh, uh, they're also very positive emotions. They're exactly contrary to the narrative of anxiety and fear, which is probably what most of us think about, including me. I'm, I'm a big doctor hater and <laughs> dental hater myself and um, very avoidant of nearly all medical interventions myself i'm a, i'm i'm a terrible patient as lots of doctors and nurses will tell you that they are um so why shouldn't you have fun uh, the big myth really is that you you should have fun um you know let's let's break the myth that you shouldn't have fun i love that attitude jamie is there even some more exciting research or treatment options on the horizon that you know you're looking forward to well um the now that I've shown that virtual reality can help patients with the simpler things as um, as hand surgery, uh, I've been able to be in touch with surgeons around the country, really just talking to people. And I'm finding spinal surgeons in New York and um, orthopedic surgeons down in Florida are also very interested in introducing awake surgical environments for their patients under blocks. So remember, a patient can have a block to render an entire limb numb. And a block is something like a spinal, which many of uh, your listeners will be familiar with from childbirth, for example. And a spinal can be very effective at meaning that you can't feel anything below the waist. So the big question at that point is, why are you going to sleep for your knee surgery and your hip surgery? And the answer is, most people are too afraid to be awake during those procedures. And the, the systems that we work with assume that most patients will be too afraid during their hip and their knee surgery. So what's coming next? Awake hip and knee surgery and awake spinal surgery, which is uh, Alok Sharon, one of the um, spinal surgeons in New York and I have been discussing. And really just to help patients tolerate that uh, is the use of virtual reality. Why do we want people to be awake? I mean, after all, anesthesia is so safe, right? We've heard how well-engineered anesthesia is. Well, in truth, it isn't as safe as we'd like to think. I don't want to be alarmist. It's safe when you need it to be safe. But willy-nilly, just doling it out in the billions of cases that we do every year around the world, actually, it's really quite an inappropriate level of care a lot of the time. So they, what they found after general anesthetic uh, was that 12% of patients had some form of cognitive decline that was measurable, and 40% of them hadn't recovered by six months. So but the, it, it, the, the reason that that comes up and that's important is that we don't, we're not given these facts when we're just offered general anesthetic. We're just told, you, you'd probably be better off going to sleep, wouldn't you? And it's true. A lot of patients are better off going to sleep. Remember, some of the bigger surgeries that we have are intensive care surgeries. You need to be ventilated. You need to be um, given deeper surgery that can't be made numb with a local anesthetic. Or um, sometimes you need uh, to be paralyzed during your case. Or there's a very major physiological things happening to you. That's what general anesthetic is for the intensive care of surgery. What it isn't ideal for is to just treat your fear. Can you talk a little bit more about the virtual reality process and how it differs from traditional surgery? Well, um, the patients come in. They've, they've eaten lunch uh, or breakfast. Um, they might be carrying a cup of coffee. Um, they don't have to bring a relative. They can drive themselves to and from the appointment, provided they feel they can control the car. It depends on some of the hand surgeries. They might choose to have a driver. Um, the... 
the, that's a very big difference when you're asked to go to a treatment center or to a, uh, a hospital system. You're asked to have nothing to eat from midnight. Um, and that makes a big difference for our diabetics who are taking medication, who need to take their insulin and eat the right levels of sugar and carbohydrate in the morning. So it, it really introduces a, a simplification um, for the patient. Um, and then they arrive. They're uh, given a uh, some local anesthetic in one of the rooms. If they're needle-fearing patients or if they're children, then we use the virtual reality during the local anesthetic injection. Although most patients, and I think I'm one of them, um, and remember, I'm a really nervous patient, um, would actually prefer, prefer to see the needle coming than have it just simply done with the virtual reality on. Um, but once you're numb, you're numb. Then at that point, wearing VR is just fun. And we introduce some education in the VR as well. So we give them their preoperative instructions, their postoperative instructions. And, and they're ending up at the end of their procedure, having had a, a joyful, fun time. They've been talking to me throughout the show. We're often joking about, you know, what they're watching. And they're mindful. They, they don't wake up in a haze. They don't wake up all bleary and being told they can't sign anything for 24 hours and they can't drive for 24 hours. They wake up mindful and they know what their post-operative instructions are. They, they don't have any confusion, which makes a big difference. We actually saw less complications from our patients doing it that way. Fewer infections in my office when I compared them to being done in the main hospital with GA. As a result of the success that we found from treating the hand surgical patients using VR, we've also been able to get our vascular team to start using virtual reality on their vascular procedures in the office, which is going really well. How does someone know if maybe a pain in their finger or something is rises to the level they need to see you? And do they start with their primary care physician and they're referred to you? Yeah, so they can, they can depending on their insurance, obviously, um, they can either approach the office directly um, that's Michigan State University's Department of Surgery. Uh, some insurances require that their primary care will refer them. Um, often they've been to an emergency room and then they're given our, our telephone number to call. And what about some of the reasons someone would know to see you or just let something heal? Well, right. Uh, well, if you've injured your hand, then you're likely to have gone to an urgent care or to an emergency room. So they'll give you a pretty good indication there. Um, in terms of hand pain, remember carpal tunnel is extremely common. So many of us will wake up at night with numbness and tingling in our fingers. Um, and also um, people who ride bikes often get numbness and tingling in their fingers. Or driving, uh, as they're driving, they often discover their fingers are going numb. There's a couple of reasons for that. So the carpal tunnel is the one. And the other one is cubital tunnel. Nothing to do with Cupid's bow, but it's the uh, same guy. Um, and cubital tunnel is more sinister, actually. It's the funny bone nerve that runs around our elbow. And it's a little more dangerous because it can cause your hand to become very, very weak and even cause muscle wasting if it's damaged. So the, the advisable thing is that as soon as you notice numbness and tingling that hasn't abated for six weeks, that it keeps coming and waking you at night or you've noticed it persistently during your work during the day, um, it would be best to get your primary care to order an EMG. And then depending on that result, you usually get sent to see me. So summarize, Jamie, what you want us to know about the hand management unit at MSU Healthcare. So we are developing a center of excellence for the use of virtual reality in awake hand surgery. Um, and we're doing a number of studies to really validate this method. And we have already shown that it decreases anxiety, increases joy. And for patients who have needle phobia, it decreases the pain of the injection. Well, that's Dr. Jamie Clarkson. He's a surgeon specializing in the hand and a pioneer in the field of the use of virtual reality 
for a patient in the office setting, and he's the chief of the hand management unit at MSU Healthcare, and there's much more online at healthcare.msu.edu. Dr. Clarkson, a delight to meet you. Thank you very much.